A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who's been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, Herod inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, For so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them on to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So Matthew gives us a rather complicated little drama to deal with at the very end of the nativity stories that he shares with us in his gospel. On the center stage of his story, of course, is beautiful Mary, wonderful Joseph, and the beautiful child Jesus, the Son of God, uh, the Word made flesh. All of that is center stage, and it is still very much as the story begins. You know, silent night, holy night, all is quiet, all is peaceful. It's beautiful. They're the primary characters of the nativity story, resting at peace. The Lord has been born. But there's a dark cloud over on the other side of the stage, this dramatic scenario that Matthew paints. And that dark cloud goes by one single awful name, Herod. 
Herod is a very, very bad king. First of all, he's a puppet king of the Roman overlords, so he's hardly a king at all. He has only the authority that the Romans allow him. And for them, his main job is to keep everything quiet, to keep the locals from rebelling, to keep Roman rule in place. And that he does very well because he is a vicious, violent, murderous, malevolent human being. It's not just the darkness that we find in the gospel stories about him, but history itself tells us that this was a guy who was so afraid of anybody or anything um, taking down his rule that he was able to murder his own wife and his own children to keep them from plotting against him. This is how bad a guy Herod is. And when he hears any kind of word about a Messiah or a king or anybody that might threaten his authority, woe betide that person because he's going to be after him, a bad guy. And that's a very, very dark cloud on the other side of the drama that Matthew is painting for us here. On the other side, you have these strange characters from the East. You know, these wise men, magi we call them, sometimes we call them kings, but they weren't kings at all. <laughs> They're coming from a very strange land, probably Persia. They may have belonged to the Zoroastrian religion, which was certainly uh, very alive at that time. But they're people who seek truth. They seek light. They're not Jews. They don't understand the Jewish tradition. They have no real knowledge of Abraham or Moses or King David or any of that. They are really, really outsiders. They are pagans. They are people from another world that most Jews were afraid of and didn't care about. And so they're on the other side of the stage. But something fantastic happens for them. In their, in their search for wisdom, this version of the scriptures calls them the wise men. In their search for wisdom, their search for truth, they, they follow this light that brings them to Jesus. You know, they travel and travel and travel, whether they had dromedaries or camels or goats or whatever, who knows. But they arrive eventually at Jerusalem and then the star eventually after a detour to Herod's offices. The star, like a great GPS and it way ahead of its time, stalls right above Bethlehem and the place where Jesus is laying in his manger. These characters, these three wise men, it would be hard for a Jewish person to say that they were good because they're strangers, because they're foreigners, because they come from another land, they belong to another religion, and they don't really believe in the God of Israel. They're heretics, even worse, they're pagans. And so the Jewish people would say they're not good people at all. But in this story, as Matthew tells it, they are very good people. In spite of all of those things of not knowing God yet, of, of being from another land, having a little bit different color skin perhaps, speaking another language, they're the ones who see the star rising to see the star rising and they follow it all the way to Jerusalem and beyond Jerusalem to little Bethlehem. They are good guys in this story.
But there's one more character in the story that Matthew adds. It's, it's not Herod. It's not baby Jesus or Mary and Joseph. It's not even the three wise persons. It's that darn star. The star is almost like yet another character in this drama. It's, it's a star that rises. It's a star that moves. It's a star that has life. It's a star that in Matthew's imagination has nothing to do with comets or, or uh, suns or moons or anything like that. It's a spiritual star. It's a star filled with the Spirit of God Himself. This is, this is the Spirit of God that has been so long at work among Israel's people, the very same spirit that when they tell the creation story hovers over the dark waters of chaos and begins to bring life out of that chaos. This is the star that, that meets Abraham and Sarah at their home. These three strangers who appear and then disappear but promise her a child because of their hospitality. This is the star that fills that bush with fire and then speaks to Moses' heart. This is the fire that forms into a column of fire and smoke and leads Israel through the desert day and night to the promised land. This is the star, the light, the grace, the spirit that fills the prophets with life and with the urgency to speak God's word to his people sometimes consoling them in their hardship and other times in shaking their fingers at them and telling them to get with the program and stop your idolatry already. In some ways we could say this spirit star, this Holy Spirit star, is the same spirit that came over Mary and put life into her womb, human life, divine life, all mixed together. That star is the Spirit of God beckoning forward, calling, gesturing, whispering in the ears of the three wise persons. Come, 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 and see the truth. See the light. See what you've been missing. Come and do honor and worship to God-made flesh. And this is really important because in all the other instances of that Spirit, it's always been in Israel, for Israel. The Spirit leading Israel forward, the Spirit touching Israel, the Spirit challenging, challenging Israel through the voice of the prophets. But in this case, the Spirit goes out beyond Israel and says, you outsiders, you strangers, you non-believers, you pagans, come. This too is for you. This Messiah, this King, this Son of God, this God made flesh, this Word made flesh is also for you. It's not only for Israel. So come and see and know and believe. Now this is an important thing that the star, this spirit star does because it sets the gospel of Jesus free. It sets it free from the limitations of Israel. It sets it free from their language. It sets them free from that culture, from that religion, and says, this gift is from God, and it is for all peoples, all nations. Come, see, know, and love this gift from God 
in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's important for us all these years later because that same spirit, that same voice, that same gentle beckoning forward, that same star rising in the east leads us too to Jesus, though we are foreigners, though we are strangers, though we are not Jews, though we are people who have all kinds of faults and failings, who do not merit this, who have been not part of the big plan of God's salvation. To us too, that spirit made, given form in the form of a star in Matthew's Gospel leads us, beckons us, gently calls us forward to that beautiful scene at the center of the stage so that we too can know Jesus, so that we too can experience his light and his life, so that we too can worship and bow down and give the gift of ourselves to the Messiah, not only of Israel, to the Savior of not only the Jewish people, but to our Savior, to our Messiah as well. This Jesus who is light and life for the world is light and life for all of the world and for us.